Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, Chelsea Messenger. Also, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube, all the social media platforms. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're pretty easy to find. Uh, we're usually the first thing that pops up, and we love your feedback, your comments, your likes, your shares. And we also stream the show live on all of those, so if you want to watch that way. That's definitely an option. We have got a great show for you guys today. We've got college football opening weekend. We've got NFL preseason picks. And as always, we've got our MLB daily picks starting off with college football opening weekend. Uh, We're talking two of the big matchups of the weekend, Alabama and Duke, Colorado, Colorado State, two big ones there. Alabama, of course, the question is not if they can win, it's if they can cover. Last season, the Tide uh, covered some enormous point spreads. They were beating teams by an average, an average of 35 points, and that was with an SEC schedule, mind you. So we'll be taking a look at that game, as well as Colorado and Colorado State. Mike Bobo, of course, having a disappointing season last year. Uh, three and nine for Colorado State. Colorado has won this rivalry uh, in the past four times in a row. So can they carry on that tradition this this year? Uh, also, we're talking NFL preseason games. We've got Joe D'Amico with us. He's five and one <laughs> in his picks uh, in week one. Or I guess if you don't count the Hall of Fame game, uh, that's week zero, I suppose. Uh, also. Our daily baseball picks, things are really heating up with the wild card race and also the divisional races. How does that play a factor when it comes to our daily games? You know what? I'm really excited for this week of NFL preseason football because week two, usually a little better than week one and a little easier to predict. We've got a great show. College football is always my favorite thing to talk about. And it's the first thing on the docket today on Picks and Parlays Radio on this fine Thursday afternoon. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. Today, let's get into college football, the opening weekend that a lot of us are super excited about. We've got Tony T with us. Tony T, how you doing over there? I'm doing great. We're excited about two weeks away from the start of week one of college football. So I'm already set and locked and loaded here. I'm 
looking forward to talking some college football with you with, with two matchups here that uh, we're going to talk about. Yeah, let's start off with Colorado and Colorado State. Uh, Colorado has owned this matchup as of late. They've won the past four in a row, including last season. I believe they won 45-13. And Colorado amassing 596 yards of total offense last season. How do you see this year going? Well, I see this year going pretty much the same. Uh, Colorado coming in here as a 12.5 point favorite. Total sits at 58.5. This will be a Friday night game, 10 Eastern time, ESPN. This will be played in neutral field in Denver where the Broncos play their home games. Now, Colorado, as we talked about, you mentioned in your earlier segment, they have dominated the past uh, three seasons. Uh, despite two down camp campaigns of their own, uh, last year win was 45-13, then two years ago, 17-3, and then three seasons ago, 44-7. Buffalo's returned senior quarterback Steven Montez, and he's back with his top target in LaVisca Chenault, who is an NFL, uh, definitely an NFL prospect, will play in the league, uh, you know, the the Buffalo started 5-0 last year, but when Chanel caught it hurt, the Buffalo struggled uh, during the games that he missed. And of course, uh, they will, they'll welcome Mel Tucker, first-year head coach for Colorado. Uh, he set the bar high for his team. He's, there's no waiting room for him. He's going to win with the, with the players he has now. How can you blame him? He's got a lot of playmakers back offensively, and he was a defensive coordinator for Georgia the past three seasons. And he has experience in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was an interim coach for five games, Chelsea. I was about to say, Mel Tucker has quite the resume for a first-year head coach, over 20 years of experience, including the NFL and key programs like Alabama and Georgia, so quite the resume for him. I know first-year head coaches, uh, sometimes there's a bit of a adjustment period for the offense. Do you see that happening this year? Well, they're actually going to change to a run and an up-tempo offense, run and shoot. They're going to try to get with the times in the Pac-12, and which will help the recruiting. I like that. I like that move here, and I think the players will be excited to have. Tucker with him coming from big game uh, big game school as well as the NFL experience will help him as well but uh, when you look at their roster you know senior quarterback Steven Montez uh, he's seen significant improvement here uh, over uh, last year his accuracy 65 percent 2800 yards of passing 19 TDs nine picks had a really strong game against the Rams last year 22 of 25 Chelsea for 338 yards four touchdowns had a pick there and he also ran for a 38 yard touchdown Right, and you talked about LaVisca Chenault. A lot of people think he's the best receiver in all of college football. He had over 1,000 yards receiving in just nine games last season. So that's definitely a factor uh, and something Steven Montez definitely is probably excited about. Meanwhile, Colorado State, last season, a bit of a disappointment for them, 3-9. and nine. Uh, Mike Bobo spent part of the fall in the hospital, so not a great start for them. Uh, but to his credit, last season, they return the least experience of any team in all of college football. Do you see any improvement this year? A little, I see a little improvement, not enough here to cover this game. Only five starters on offense, six of the defense. They're really pointing to 2020 because they're going with a lot of young players defensively. And, uh, you know, last year's defense was just really poor. They got pushed around by Colorado. Uh, they, they did not have much of a pass rush. They look really soft defensively. And on the offense side of the football, 22 points a game, uh, 411 yards a contest. That was down from the previous season. You know, the defenses we talked about digress, giving up 452 yards per contest. They're going to be younger this year. I think they might be a little out muscled there at, at the point of attack here by Colorado's offensive line. Right. Uh, something for Colorado State's offense, Colin Hill, who took over the starting job about halfway through the season last year. He showed some flashes of being good, but he struggled with accuracy. He had a lot of interceptions. 
but Mike Bobo is known for coaching up quarterbacks. He had Aaron Murray, he had David Green, uh, he had Matt Stafford at Georgia. Uh, do you see Colin Hill improving this year or the pass game in general? Do you think they put up points on Colorado? I think they're a struggle. And uh, remember, Colin Hill has gone through two ACL tears and surgery. So it's, oh. you're asking a lot for him in this spot. I think Bobo is really in this bad spot here. Bad injury luck here with their quarterback. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, this team, you know, does not have, I don't believe, the playmaker ability here to, to, to uh, make big plays against this Colorado defense. And of course, with Mel Tucker now there, uh, they're an experienced linebacker. A uh, lot of first-year starters on the offensive line, including the center. So I really see Colorado having that, uh, being able to push around Colorado State here. But I do see, like I said, 2020 is going to be the year for this Rams team. All right, so let's recap your pick and the line real quick. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take Colorado Buffaloes, lay the 12 and a half. We're going to stay away from this total, which was 54 and a half points. All right, moving on to Alabama and Duke facing off in Atlanta in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game on August 31st. Like I mentioned before, I would say the question in this one is not if Alabama can win. It's if Alabama can cover. It's got to be a huge point spread in this one, I would assume, right? It is. This game will be uh, on Saturday, August 31st, 3.30 Eastern time on ABC. So it's going to be a big TV game. Alabama favorite 34 and a half, total 58. I'm going to stay away from the spread here, but I'm going to take this game to go under total of 58. Of course, Alabama, uh, you know, when you look at them, they've been ready defensively the, when they start the season the past three years. They had Louisville to 14 points last year. Then two years ago, they allowed uh, seven points to Florida State. And then three seasons ago, just six points to USC. We know they have returned six starters on offense and defense. Uh, they reload. But, you know, after Chelsea, after giving up 44 points to Clemson, I expect Alabama head coach Nick Saban to give a really strong focus defensively as the team gets ready for this new season. They did give up six points and 60 yards per game greater last year than in, in 2017. And, of course, uh, two out, Tagovoa returns for his junior season. This is a walk gear, Chelsea. So uh, we look, he'll be in the NFL. And I think uh, the big question mark here is who will replace him in 2020? Right. You talk about um... – Alabama giving up all those points to Clemson. Duke is not Clemson. They were eight and five last season, and they lost Daniel Jones, a first first round NFL pick, uh, to the Giants. So they don't have him this year, and they went eight and five with him last year. So it's not the same team. I'm really wondering if they can cover that spread. I know uh, 34 and a half points is a lot, but Alabama beat opponents by an average of 35 points last season. And that includes an SEC schedule. They beat LSU on the road 29-0. Uh, why don't you see them covering this year? I, I think the better chance here is for the under, for Duke having trouble scoring. And remember, Saban pulls two out early in games. So, you right. know, it's not like last year. They don't year have Jalen Hurts this year either. Yeah, they don't have Hurts. So the big question mark is Mac Jones. He's the backup, and he was not impressive. He was in limited action. He only completed 38% of his passes. So when they pull two out early, uh, I think you're going to see a really conservative approach here with Mac Jones working him slowly into the offense and limit the mistakes, run the football. You know, Tua had four interceptions in his past three games, so he needed to be bailed by Hurts in that comeback win against Georgia last year. He's not going to have that luxury this year, so I think the key is keep keep Tua healthy, maybe go to more ball control. Remember, they they uh, threw the ball an average of 29 times last season. This is a Nick Saban team. I think he's going to go back to his old habits here of, of running the ball a little bit more, trying to keep Tua healthy, you know, get that big lead and sit on it and run clock. That's why I'm afraid to play the spread here. I'm more comfortable with the total going under. 
I will say Alabama usually is good in openers. Last season we saw it a 51-14 uh, win over Louisville, pretty convincing. And Alabama is not a team that struggles with complacency. I remember when I covered them in the national championship in 2012. 2012, a long time ago, we were talking about complacency. And since then, they've won two national championships. That's not a factor for them. Uh, any other team, I would say maybe they rest on their laurels a little bit. But Alabama is not a team I see coming out and taking this team for granted. No, and one thing about you know about Nick Saban, he doesn't like giving up points. I mean, if his, if his team scores 50 and he gives up 28, he's upset. You know, oh, they're running he, laps, probably. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want more than 10 points scored in that defense. You know, and that's the thing here. We're looking at Duke. Uh, you know, they're, they have a first-year quarterback. They lost all their their playmakers in the receiver position and the tight end. I think their top receiver was the running back coming back. He only had like 250 yards receiving. And that was their top receiver coming back from this year. So they're 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 really reloading. Oh, by the way, they did lose a starter in training camp a couple of days ago in Bobo, who will not play in this game. So. Uh, Definitely some concerns here with Duke's offense, but I think it'll be a def Duke, Alabama defense smothering Duke here to go under the total. All right, that's where, what we're taking in Alabama Duke. Tony T says take the under in that one. Those are our college football picks. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. Right now, let's get to some NFL preseason football because we are right in the mix of things with week two heating up tonight. Joe D'Amico here with us today. Hi, Chelsea. A pleasure to be here with you again this week. You know, I, I'm really enjoying coming in each week for Picks and Parlays. On behalf of Picks and Parlays, working alongside you, I'm having a blast. Thanks for having and me. And I heard that somebody was 5-1 and one in their picks last I week. I am 5-1 and one in, in uh, NFL exhibition. You know, you got to pick and choose your spots in all of sports betting, but in, particularly in NFL preseason, I've been fortunate enough to go 5-1, and one, and we're going to try to do the same for our listeners and followers this week. Uh, somebody on Facebook just said Joe D'Amico is a picking god. Oh, I love that. <laughs> love that. By the way, Mom, I'll send you, I'll send you some money later. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Now you get to the point where people are going to start asking you for money and to pick up dinner. That's fine with me. <laughs> uh, we do have a special for you guys on the website on picksandparlays.net. It's $525 if you want all of the picks for the entire season, the preseason, the regular season, all the way up to the Super Bowl. If you pick an expert, like Joe here, uh, or whoever you want to pick, uh, it's $525 for the whole season. That's on the website, picksandparlays.net. So let's get to some games. Let's start with Jets and Falcons tonight. What do you have on this one? Interesting matchup. Currently, Atlanta's two, total 44. Sports fans, Atlanta Falcons already 0-2, took a loss last week to the NFL's worst team, the Miami Dolphins. More on them in a few minutes between Chelsea and I. Uh, New York Jets took a defeat at the hands of the other New York team, the Giants. Both teams are slated to improve from last year's teams, but I feel Atlanta Falcons need to get in sync here. I really do. I think it's very, very important that they get in sync. You know, there's a little more pressure on them right now to win during the regular season. I think this is the time where they have to turn the table. Last few games, you know, they opened up the first week, lost. Last week, lost. They're already on two in preseason. They at least have to get a little momentum going into the regular season. This is under a field goal, and I think being the fact that it's under a field goal, you've got to lay the two points with the Atlanta Falcons to finally get their first W. Well, and also something to consider 
uh, Matt Ryan and Devontae Freeman are expected to play tonight. Some of the starters are getting some action, so that should be uh, a positive when it comes to their offense. I know Sam Darnold, I believe he's expected to play. Uh, last week he was 4-5 or five with a touchdown for the Jets. Week two, normally we see some starters getting uh, – some, some significant action. We're going to touch on another team uh, that the line swung four points that we that the public found out that the starters are going to play at least one quarter in a moment. But yeah, week two, normally you're going to see uh, some more starters getting significant playing time. And then, uh, you know, you'll start seeing a lot more switch, excuse me, a lot more shifts in the line. Uh, right. We've seen some crazy line movement this week already just prior to, to coming to taping with you. Um, from this morning to the afternoon, we saw several of these preseason games move. One, two, three points on the side, one, two points on a total. A lot of movement already. People are very, very eager to get out there and start betting NFL football. <laughs> so what's the line on this one one more time? It is two with a total of 44. All right. 44 seems high. It seems a little bit high, but, you know, I think they're counting on both both offenses that they're coming out, going to run and gun a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. Atlanta can score some points. They've still got some playmakers. Uh, I think that it's going to be an interesting matchup as far as that goes, but I think that Atlanta finally really does need to put to, to, to get in sync. You know, they've only got a couple of more games left, a couple more weeks before the regular season starts. It is imperative that they get in sync. I think they finally get a W here. Well, and Atlanta's also played two preseason games already, which is a leg up on a lot of the competition because you've had two times uh, in game experience as opposed to a lot of these teams that have just been practicing. Absolutely. Okay, so you are taking Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons in that one. Let's move on to some of Friday's games. Let's go to Bills at Panthers. Uh, both teams a win in their first game of the preseason. How do you see this one lining up? Another interesting matchup. As you mentioned, both teams had wins in week one, and there's a lot of pressure on Carolina to succeed, although both teams are slated to win just seven and a half games this upcoming season. However, looking at the last several exhibition campaigns, I have to side with a Panther team, with a Panthers team that's six and three, both straight up and against the spread. The last nine August contests under two and it's a two and a half right now. It's under a field goal. I feel confident. Carolina laying two and a half points here. Total, I'm not so crazy about. Um, I don't know. You know, the, the Buffalo Bills are Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they're not a very pretty team. Carolina is a little more rugged team, a little more playmakers that we see on, on offense. But um, to be honest with you, at two and a half, I like, I like the Carolina Panthers here. I think they get, a, they get a big W, and they get a little momentum going into the regular season as well. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Panthers, said he is leaning towards playing the starters. Uh, a little more in this game, which, I mean, you can take a coach's word uh, with a grain of salt in some of these because sometimes <laughs> they say things and then they do the other thing. But Cam Newton last year was dealing with uh, some shoulder pain. He had so shoulder surgery. So I think this time of year is a good time to establish some timing with some of his receivers that we really didn't see last year. He struggled on a lot of those throws. So we might see a little more of Cam Newton. Uh, in this game. Yeah, uh, that's that's the word is, you know, but as you mentioned, you know, I mean, you, you know, you, you listen to some of these head coaches, you don't know, sometimes they, they mean well, or sometimes they're just, they're just out and out lying. You know, the hoodie <laughs> up there in New England, he never tells the truth. During the regular season, Bill Belichick, arguably one of the, well, not argue, without arguing, the best coach of this generation, one of the best coaches of all time. He's right. got Tom Brady. But you look at him during the regular season, he'll have 30 guys on the injured list during the week. And, and, right. he'll never, and literally none of these guys are injured. They don't even have well, a, he, a stuff Well, and he toe. doesn't care if he hurts people's feelings. He <laughs> doesn't care about the media. He cares about the W's <laughs> and the Super Bowl wins, and that's what this game is all about. All right, so you're taking the Panthers in this one? Absolutely. Lay the two and a half sports fans. You'll get the money there. All right, let's move on to the Bears and the Giants. Uh, the Bears coming off a loss to the Panthers. 
Uh, how do you see this one? Play. Another interesting matchup, guys. Uh, Chicago showed very little to me in a 23-13 week one loss to Carolina. Sports fans, no significant starters saw action. Giants did outlast the Crosstown Jets, uh, 31-22. The G-Men did have some uh, starters play. The Bears are a highly touted team, and they do try in NFL uh, exhibition games. A few more stars will see action for Chicago, and I feel giving the Bears any points here is a gift. I like them outright, but getting two and a half, take those two and a half points, it's a gift. You're going to see Chicago. Like I said, they're very highly touted this upcoming season. A lot of pressure, big football town, fell short the last couple of years. They got a big-name quarterback. Starters are going to get more, more snaps playing at least a quarter, so we think. Uh, and giving them two and a half points, I think it's a mistake. So the Bears are plus two and a half? They are plus two and a half. And you're taking the Bears? I am taking the Bears. And well, I'm, i got to tell you, for me to take the Bears is a big thing. My wife's <laughs> whole family is from Chicago, and I love going against them, just to upset them. But uh, to be honest with you, this, this is a good team. They have talent. Uh, they did fall short the last few years. They're looking to make a move this year, and they are highly talented. Well, if this was a regular season game, we would be taking probably the Bears. They're the better team. And as we mentioned earlier, week two is a little different mm -hmm. than week one. Uh, more of the starters should be seeing some action. The Bears do have a running back battle going on, so they should be getting some snaps. David Montgomery and Mike Davis competing for that starting role. Uh, the Giants, Eli Manning is not in a quarterback battle with Daniel Jones. <laughs> so the owner of the Giants says, but we, we should see a lot of Daniel Jones, who was really good. Last week. Good quarterback. You know, um, if I was an owner, uh, the best guy plays. Uh, now, obviously, if you give one guy $80 million, the other guy's getting $8 million. <laughs> you're a little more pressed to give your $80 million man uh, the, the playing time. But for me, it's always the best guy that plays. And I'll be honest with you. Um, you said it. There is no quarterback controversy here as of right now. Or as right. of we know. Eli's probably going to start. Well, I, I think he does start the season, especially because rookie quarterbacks. It's a hard transition. And why shove him into the fire, you know, especially with a Giants team that isn't very good. Uh, yeah. So I think you give him time, let him learn under Eli Manning. Say what you want about Eli, but he knows a lot about being a quarterback. And Daniel Jones can certainly learn a lot. Absolutely. It's a very good point. You know, Eli, strong arm, a better arm probably than his brother, but he does not have... Uh... And he's got a few more Super Bowl wins, but to be honest with you... Uh, <laughs> he beat he... Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, this is true. And twice. That's twice. crazy. Yeah, very but few so people. Did, the so only did. people that beat Tom Brady were Bridget Monahan and his current wife. Those are the only two people that beat him on a regular basis. But I will tell you, yeah, he, he, could, he, could, he could make that boast. Uh, Giants had their number a couple of times. But, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting – I think it's going to be an interesting season. The G-Men, there's a lot of pride in that organization. There is a lot of – there is talent. Just that they, they just can't get it together the last few years. All right, so we're taking the Bears at plus two and a half in that one. Moving on, Dolphins and Bucks, the Florida matchup between two of these teams that have not been very good oh my as of late. The Dolphins coming off a win over the Falcons in their first preseason game of the year. The Bucks lost to the Steelers only by two, but still a loss. How do we see this game? Well, guys, sports fans, what can you say about the Dolphins? They are touted to be the worst team in the NFL. 500 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Forecasted a league low. Four and a half wins this season. Certainly gone to the days of the 1970s team led by Larry Zonko. The 80s and 90s led by Dan Marino. Cross-state rivals Tampa Bay ain't much better, guys. Miami bested Atlanta, as Chelsea mentioned, week 1, 34-27. Tampa Bay gave Pittsburgh a tough game, two-point loss in Hinesfield. Sports fans, this game is going to be uglier than if Patrick Bird and Larry, excuse me, Patrick Ewing and Larry Bird had a baby. This this game is going to get ugly. <laughs> this is an ugly game. It's not going to be a pretty game. There are some three and a halves around there. I see currently mostly threes, but there are one or two three and a halves. 
with the three and a half, if you have to shop, if you have to shop that three around, shop it around. Always, oh, by the way, sports fans, always shop a number around. Always get the edge in your favor. If you don't get the edge, there's 90 other games on the board over a weekend. Always go to a game that will give you an edge. But there are a couple three and a halves around, mostly threes. This was three and a half, mostly the, a few days ago. Uh, but there's still some three and a halves around. You get that three and a half, you play it. If not, buy it anyway. I see the Dolphins getting a win here plus the three and a half. You got to play smart. This is not, like I said, not a pretty game. But I think the Dolphins are going to do a little, uh, I think it's going to be a closer game. I think taking the three, three and a half is, is, is a win with the Dolphins. Something we also consider when we're betting preseason football mm -hmm. games is the quarterback battle. And Miami does have a quarterback battle going on with Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh Rosen was taking some of the first team snaps in mm -hmm. practice this week. So there could be a battle in the, what that translates to in the preseason is a more aggressive offense. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. You make a lot of good points uh, on the show. Uh, you <laughs> always you. do, but that's a very, very good point. Uh, I will tell you, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who really does come out uh, smelling better before the end of the season. But in this situation, we've got to take the dog. Shop it around. Get the three and a half. If you don't get the three, if you only see a three, buy it up for that extra 20 cents. But take, take the Dolphins. All right. Taking the Dolphins in that one. Those are NFL preseason picks. We're back after the break. Talking baseball on Picks and Parlays. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. Right now, let's get to some baseball, our daily MLB picks. We've got Craig Trapp with us today. Craig, how are you doing? It's been a really good week so far. 3-0 uh, and o start to the week, so I'm looking to keep it going today uh, with, of course, Major League Baseball and the NFL Week 2 of the preseason starting back up. All right, so let's get cracking on these baseball picks. Let's start with the Astros and the A's. It's Aaron Sanchez going for the Astros 5-14 and 14 with a 5-6-0 ERA. But as an Astro, in 11 innings of work, he's only allowed one run and four hits, so maybe it's a little different for him with a new uniform. And Mike Fires, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball as of late, going for the A's. Uh, I believe he has the second lowest ERA since the All-Star break of any pitcher in baseball. How do you see this one lining up? Well, this series is, is kind of uh, a, a more important for Houston, or, or for the Oakland A's for sure. I mean, they're uh, making sure they try to secure one of the last two wild card spots. They're two and one in their last three games versus, you know, a Houston team that maybe has a little, uh, their sights set ahead for bigger things. They're just one and three in their last four, including two losses to the lowly Chicago White Sox. So coming into this one, you know, the A's are actually slight underdog here, but uh, I think uh, the A's have much bigger upside in this one. The A's are one of the best first five-inning teams in baseball. I saw that last night, and I think that's because their starting pitching has been so good. And Mike Fires, 3-0, and 1.75 ERA in his last seven. He's 11-3, and so this A's team certainly gives him run support. Well, I think that what you have to – Houston is one of the best offenses out there, but this time of year you have to look at what the motivation is. And to me, I think um, that is why Oakland is, is the play tonight at uh, – you know, I see it at plus 105 or plus 110, depending on where you get it at here in town. But uh, I think the A's, you know, don't believe what Aaron Sanchez has done. Yes, his, his, his few starts have been pretty good since coming over from Toronto, but the, uh, the last two starts were against Baltimore and Seattle, not the best offenses in the league. Plus, the Astros' bullpen has showed some cracks uh, in the pavement lately. 
Uh, last night they used five pitchers since Wade Miley only lasted three innings. And Ryan Presley, who was one of the best relievers in all of baseball, had an ERA uh, south of two before the All-Star break. Now Ryan Presley has an ERA of nine since the All-Star break. He gave up four runs in the eighth last night. Uh, so definitely some some uh, weaknesses that the Astros have that maybe people aren't seeing. Yeah, they're a powerhouse, but they're not unbeatable. Well, and you also have Fires going tonight that he's won, uh, the, the A's have won eight of his last 10 times he's taken the mound. And in his last four starts, he hasn't allowed more than two earned runs at any time out. So I would imagine Houston offense will have a much tougher time tonight uh, scratching out some runs. I just think Houston is just, they're just looking ahead. You know, you see this a lot of times with the best teams. I think the Dodgers have that, that, that problem maybe coming up here the last month of the season and definitely Houston as well. And I think that's why you have to take a slight home underdog with the Oakland A's. Although I do see a lot of money coming on, on the Oakland A's uh, here the last few hours. Like you mentioned, the A's are fighting for that wild card spot in the American League. Uh, and they start a tough stretch here against the Astros. They've got three against the Yankees and then following up with two against the Giants. So it's a big stretch for the A's when it comes to the postseason. Uh, so I think you're right on the money when it comes to motivation there. Okay, so Craig's taking the A's at plus 110 or plus 105, whatever you can get it. Uh, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Reds. It's Michael Waka going for the Cardinals. Six and five, 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 four ERA against Sonny Gray of Cincinnati. Seven and six, three, ten ERA. How do you see this one? Two rivals that... You know, it doesn't matter who's who's up for playoffs or who's not, which it looks like Cincinnati's hopes for even a wild card or to the division has kind of gone away with the, the struggles on the road in the last, well, really all year, but really uh, recently for sure. And the Cardinals are a team that's still in that hunt for the division and the wild card. But you throw the records out the window. These teams just don't like each other. I think this one uh, could be some fireworks here. I mean, we see... Uh, guys in the past, you know, rushed the mound. All, all kind. Even though it, Yasiel Puig's not there anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. So he won't be leading the charge in the fights. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Puig obviously has moved on to Cleveland. But it's a Cincinnati team that, you know, has a manager that's already broken the, the record for the Reds uh, as far as their managers getting kicked out of games. And he still has got a month plus of the season left. So, I mean, you know, you get that from the top. And But I do think tonight the Reds have an edge here with Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. What a bounce back year. What a difference year that it has made since he's moved from New York Yankees to the Cincinnati Reds. Right, and the Reds ballpark is a hitter-friendly park, so that's not especially an easy place to pitch. And Sonny Gray's done pretty well there, considering uh, the Reds have lost four games in a row. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have won five in a row. But both these teams seem to be a bit streaky because before that, the Cardinals lost five in a row as well. So how do you see the momentum going in this one? Or do you think it's a factor? Do you think the rivalry cancels that out? Uh, to me, it's, it's where the Reds play. When they play, they play at home, they're just a different team. So I think the Reds get the win tonight. The problem is, I, you know, this line opened at the Reds minus 155 and the total at nine and a half. I see this one at FanDuel all the way up to minus 170. Whoa. And nine and a half. So it's uh, you're getting up there. But if you could get that price in, you know, no higher than 160, I would take the Reds tonight. If uh, if it gets higher than that, I would have to lay the run line here because I just don't like laying odds higher than that. The Reds have lost some games lately, but they have been playing good teams. They played the Cubs. They played the Braves. And they did sweep the Angels before getting swept by the Nats. Of course, Trevor Bauer got roughed up. Uh, I believe it was last night, 17-7. 
but I mean, Sonny Gray uh, has had a much better season. So you're taking the Reds in that one? Yeah, I mean, Waka has really struggled lately. That's, I mean, he's went two starts, hasn't got out to the fifth inning, seven point earned run or 7.4 innings pitch and seven earned runs his last two starts, both losses by the Cardinals. Now, granted, it was to the Dodgers and to Houston, so that, you know, you have, you know, the Reds don't have those kind of lineups. But I think Cincinnati here, like I said, I hope when I put this in, I was thinking minus 155. That's what the price was. Let's call it minus 160 right now. Also, the Cardinals were being no hit through six innings last night. Uh, I think it was against the Royals. They managed to score six runs in the later innings, but their bats can be a little streaky. All right, so Craig's taking the Reds in that one. Let's move on to the Twins and the Rangers. Michael Pineda going for the Twins, 7-5, 4-1-5 ERA, and Pedro Payano, 1-1, 3-8-6, but only 18 innings of Major League time. So that is a bit of a small sample size. Well, to me, this one comes down to that starting pitching matchup and a, and a Minnesota Twins team that is playing meaningful games versus a Texas Rangers team that is not playing meaningful games. So to me, that is uh, you have to kind of do you like what do you like at this point of the year? And to me, I'm always I always try to play teams that have playing meaningful games and, you know, trying to find value. And, you know, this line opened up. Um, it was minus, I believe, minus one uh, minus 155. Uh, for the Minnesota Twins against the Texas Rangers with the total at 12. Uh, the odds are still about the same here. And, and I think there's just value to be found on a Minnesota Twins team that, you know, 72 and 48 and not getting a whole lot of respect out there. A lot of people still overlooking them. Something to consider with, um, I guess, the Twins. They have been playing some really tough teams lately. They might be emotionally tired. They went on the road to the Brewers, the Indians, and the Braves. And as you mentioned, they are playing games that are meaningful and they're in a tight race for that division lead with the Indians. Do you see them uh, emotionally being drained right now? I, I don't think, I don't believe in that kind of thing because to me, you want to play meaningful games you know, in August and September if you're a baseball player, especially a Twins team that is not historically always in the race. So to me, I don't, th I don't think they'll be run down. I think it's just the opposite. I think the Rangers will be run down because at this point of the year when you, when you've, played the way they'd have the last second half of the year. They're two and six in their last eight and playing a Minnesota Twins team that just is more talented, I think, at this point. I think you, you start to look and go, you know what? Is the season over yet? So I think the Minnesota Twins, I, I think I originally gave this out. I thought it was plus 135. They're actually minus 135. So there'll probably be a little problem with the graphics, but I like the Minnesota Twins. And, you know, Pineda has been better. His last six starts have, have all been quality starts. And that's all you can ask for now in uh, Major League Baseball. Right, especially when the Twins are hitting the way that they do. It's a team that hits a lot of home runs. It's a great offense that scores a lot of runs. So your starters don't even have to be that great. And we've kind of seen that from the Twins. That's kind of the knock on them heading into the postseason is if their pitching can be good enough to hang with some of those teams like the Astros uh, because as of late, they've kind of rela relied on their hitting. Well, I mean, they're a team that relies, you know, and I guess a lot of teams now do rely on the long ball, you mm -hmm. know, to get a guy on and then, uh, you know, walk and then all of a sudden, boom, three run home run. I mean, I think we talked about it in a past show. They've already broken their record and they're going for the Yankees all time record for home runs in a season. And I think this team could use a little more, uh, you know, I would call National League ball where you play a little small ball because sometimes, you know, you rely that on the in the playoffs and you're facing much uh, better, better pitching. 
right. you're not going to get those uh, home runs, especially late in you know cold times of the year. You're not going to get all those home runs. Yeah, in the postseason, you're not facing four and five starters. Usually, you usually only face a team's yeah. one, two, and three. Uh, or if it's a play-in game, you face their their ace. So it's not uh, they're not going to be facing guys like Pedro Piano, who only has 18 yeah. innings of work. Although I will say he has 14 strikeouts in those 18 innings, so definitely some signs of being a pretty good pitcher. But like I was saying, it, the Twins, I just see some problems for them down the road when it comes to frontline pitching. Yeah, I mean, you always say, who, who are they going to match up if they played Houston Astros and, and their big three? They only pretty much have one uh, quality, what I would call a quality ace-type starter. And that is a huge problem because he's even a seven-game series, if he's lucky, you could get him three times, most likely only twice. Who would you and say right is now, Barrios? Barrios, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's their he's their ace for sure. And right. after that, it's it's up in the air. And and let's be honest, right now, they might be in a one-game playoff where you have to use him um, because right now it looks like you know maybe Cleveland's the hotter team in that division and might pull away and win the Central. Right, and the wild card race is still very much up in the air. The A's are two games back, I believe, and the A's are a very solid team, and they have pretty solid starting pitching. It seems like a patchwork of veterans sometimes up there. I know they just signed Matt Harvey. He's here in Las Vegas with the AAA team. Uh, but, yeah, for the Twins, I definitely see some problems just because the American League is so strong, and especially if they don't win that division. Yeah, well, if you say out of the, the teams that are most likely going to win – their division or that are in the playoff hunt for the wild card none of those teams are 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 worse than them as far as pitching is concerned the twins would be the last of all those teams now that doesn't mean you can't you can't win in the playoffs it just means you're up against it because pitching is everything when it comes uh this time of year or that kind of year when it's uh the major league baseball playoffs Right, and that's why those guys get paid so much money. Yeah, and I do exactly. think playoff experience definitely helps, too. That's something that Barrios uh, doesn't really have compared to Justin Verlander uh, and Garrett Cole and some of those other guys on the Astros. Wade Miley, of course, is not one of the big three. Zach Grinke has playoff experience as well. And just overall, an older pitcher. So, I mean, he just has more experience. And the bright lights might not get to him quite as much. Well, to me, I think, and this is why I like the Twins in this one, they pretty much, I think they have to go all out to win the division because if you have to go one game and then you use your ace, Berrios, then you might, you definitely will only get him one, and maybe you get lucky if you go to seven games and you get to use him twice. So to me, you have to win this division. Cleveland actually is way better suited for uh, facing a uh, short series like a one-game playoff. All right, those are our baseball picks. You got plenty of baseball talk in that segment, right? All right, we're taking the Twins over the Rangers. We are taking the A's over the Astros and the Reds over the Cardinals. Those are our baseball picks when we come back, recapping all of our picks from the day on Picks and Parlays Radio. We're back after the break. Welcome back to Fix and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And you can also follow along with the show every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, on the radio, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. We stream live on all of those social media sites. 
Uh, if you weren't paying attention or if you're just now tuning in, don't worry, we've got you covered. We are about to recap all of our picks from today's show, starting with college football opening weekend. We had Tony T on with us today to talk some big matchups in week one. We are taking Colorado over Colorado State at minus 12 and a half. And Alabama and Duke, Tony T says take the under 58. Moving on to NFL preseason picks with Joe D'Amico. Uh, Bills at Panthers, take the Panthers, minus two and a half. Bears at Giants, taking Chicago in this one at plus two and a half. Dolphins at Bucks, we say take the Dolphins, plus three or three and a half, wherever you can get that number. And plus tonight, if you're watching some games, take the Falcons, minus two. They haven't won a preseason game yet, but we think tonight is the night for the Falcons. And Major League Baseball with Craig Trapp. Astros at A's. Take the A's. Plus 110. We like the pitching matchup there with Mike Fires on the mound for the A's. Cardinals at Reds. We're taking Cincinnati at this one at minus 155. Again, Sonny Gray is on the mound for the Reds, so we like the Reds in that one. Twins at Rangers. We're taking the team that's playing for something right now. Has a little more motivation. The Twins. Minus 135, of course, they're in that tight race for the division with the Indians. Also a race for the wild card when it comes to the American League. The A's, the Rays, the Twins, the Indians, whoever gets that one. It's going to be a fun race down the stretch. We're back tomorrow afternoon on Pacific for Eastern here on Picks and Parlays Radio. More football, more baseball, lots of stuff to cover tomorrow. We hope you join us. Again, bet, win, repeat. We're back tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.